Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. On this week's Big Tech Show, when will cars safely drive themselves on our streets? And who in Ireland is providing the technology to help them do that? We talk to one of the country's biggest automotive autonomy entrepreneurs. I have BMW Drive Assist in my own vehicle and it is much, much safer because we are all prone to distraction, especially when we're on the motorway from Limerick to Dublin, for example. We've all been there where you actually forgot a whole section of the road. So I would say if you take it from a safety perspective and it does allow you to kind of relax. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Today. On the Indo-Daily, when a dream home becomes a nightmare. It's been three years now since 16 families put down a deposit on what they thought was the perfect home in Rathmoylan, County Meath. It it was just a dream come true for us. We we got a beautiful house, we hoped, in our local area. You know, it kind of did feel too good to be true. But in September, after a series of delays, the developer dropped a bombshell on them. They were kind of looking into was the possibility of the purchasers giving them a ballpark figure of an extra 60 grand on top of the sale agreed price to get these houses over the line. This is a one of a kind story involving financial disputes, legal letters and even an RTE star. And builder Peter Finn. But I promised myself this year I'm going to be calm. And now, in the middle of a housing crisis, the families who bought these homes seem to have been left with nowhere to go. Whilst it was so lovely to have the estate quite local to us that we could see the progress in the early stages of this, right now it's a dagger to the heart. I'm Ellen Coyne and today on the Indo Daily I'm joined by Amy Malloy, social affairs correspondent with the Irish Independent and by Kira Ryan, one of the people directly affected by the situation to talk about the Meath housing estate controversy. So Amy Malloy, social affairs correspondent with the Irish Independent, you have been reporting diligently on this story, I think for over a month now. Can you tell us how many other people that we know of are in the same situation that Kira is in? Well, as Kira probably mentioned, there were 16 houses sold in this estate. I think 15 of them had gone sale agreed and people had entered into contracts and one of the houses was still under offer. So you're looking at 15 families and young couples who had entered into agreements to buy their dream houses. The majority of them were first time buyers who had used the help to buy scheme. Some of them had moved home to live with their families to try and save. Some of them are still renting and now they're just completely left in limbo because they don't know, A, if they're going to be able to move into their house and B, what are they meant to do in this situation? And I'm looking at even the photographs on the article that you've written. It looks exactly like any kind of new build estate that any first time buyer would be delighted to get. We're talking about standard three and four bed family homes here. Exactly. And if you were to drive by the estate, you would think the majority of these houses look like they're nearly ready to be moved into. I think they had a really high energy rating. They're, they were deemed to be uh, very high quality houses. And that's why I think many of the, the purchasers are quite upset because they, they thought they were getting this great deal with these houses. And now it's transpired that they don't even know if they're going to be able to move into them at all. And when people first put the deposits down, that was way back in, in 2020. Is that right? Yes, so some of the houses were sold in 2020 and then the rest of them were sold in 2021. 
And in the interim, I presume, like any other part of the country, these people have probably watched house prices go up. They've probably watched other estates that were maybe started construction after theirs have families move in. It sounds like these people have been totally just left in limbo by this. That's it, exactly. Like a lot of the people that I spoke to, there were other houses up for sale in the area. There were other new bills that they could have entered into talks about and they just didn't because they were told that these houses are going to be ready to move into in 2022 and they started getting a bit nervous then when the date when they were meant to be ready by came along and they hadn't heard anything from me the matic when they sent emails to the company they, they were getting vague responses sometimes they they weren't getting responses for around two or three days to their emails and their telephone calls so they, they just feel like they've really been left to hang out to dry, I suppose. And I think a lot of these people as well, like some of the people I spoke to, they've they've essentially put their lives on hold. I spoke to one young couple and they said that they, you know, they were wanting to start a family, but they haven't been able to do that because they're living with their parents at the moment while they were waiting for these houses to be ready. Other people who wanted to get married, but they they couldn't because obviously that's a huge expense and, and they were waiting to draw down on their mortgages for these properties. So it's just been a real nightmare experience for them and a lot of them in their mid-30s and have been renting for their whole lives and finally thought they were going to get on the property ladder and now they just have no idea what's going to happen with the development at all. Talk me through when it became a news story. You know, you reported that basically these people have been told that they would have to pay an extra €60,000 each for their homes to be completed after the developer ran into significant financial difficulties. Who is the developer? The developer is Me The Matic Limited. Basically, one of the purchasers got in touch with me and said that they had been in touch with representatives of Me The Matic who said that there had been significant delays due to financial issues. And then some of the purchasers were subsequently invited to a hotel in Dublin to meet with representatives of Medematic. So one of the directors of Medematic, Mark Flynn, and their solicitors, which are Fitzgerald and company solicitors in Dublin, met with the purchasers and basically told them we were way off the mark with what we thought it was going to cost to get this development complete. And now one of the things that they were kind of looking into was the possibility of the purchasers giving them a ballpark figure of an extra 60 grand on top of the sale agreed price to get these houses over the line. And, you know, like these people had paid their 10% deposit. They had paid a 5,000 euro booking deposit to the estate agent who had advertised the, the properties. And they had agreed prices of, I think it was 275,000 for the three beds and around 300,000 for the four beds. It, it was just mind boggling, really. Like they thought they had entered into this contract. They had agreed a certain price. And now they were being told, well, unless we get 60 grand more, these houses aren't likely to be completed anytime soon. And are people going to pay the 60 grand or are they kind of nervous? I think the people that I spoke to, they they don't want to pay the money. They don't believe they should have to. They signed a contract. They entered into an agreement for a certain price. Now, the way the market has gone, many people would think the price that they agreed for these houses three years ago was a bit of a steal. And I think house prices have gone up. So even if they are going to pull out of this sale and look to buy houses elsewhere, they could be looking at buying houses for 360, 370 grand anyway. But it's just the principle, you know, they entered into this contract in good faith. So I, I think they're just quite frustrated and feel they've really been let down by the developer in this case. It's a really awful story on a human level. And there's also another kind of interesting strand to it. Peter Finn, who people might know from uh, the RT Home Rescue show, is is somehow involved in this as well. Is that right? Yes. So I think he's more commonly known as Pete the Builder from um, the RT show. But 
Yeah, so Peter is actually a company director of a, the firm that was building the estate, MDS Construction. But he was also a, our director of Medematic. However, he resigned from this role in December 2022. I got onto him last week, just seeing if he wanted to comment on what's been happening. And he basically said, look, receivers have been appointed as development now. We've been stood down from the estate. We don't know if we're going to be able to continue building the estate. And he also claimed that he's owed money from the development. And what do we actually know about the current status of uh, Me The Matic and the position that that developer is in now? As we reported last month, receivers have now been appointed to the development. So obviously the, the company has ran into significant financial difficulties We know that they have obtained a number of loans over the last number of years. So, for example, Home Building Finance Ireland, a state-owned company that provides funding to residential developments, issued loans to Medematic in 2021 and 2022. They also got a loan in June this year from a company bizarrely named Spudmuckers Limited, which is an investment company in County Wexford backed by Joe Elias who was also a director of Medematic. But then receivers were appointed on October 3rd and Spudmuckers apparently had issued a loan of around 4.5 million to Medematic um, in an attempt to try to get this estate finished. So essentially Spudmuckers is now Medematic's biggest creditor after issuing this loan to get the Rathmaline development completed. So at the moment, it just looks like The company can't afford to complete the estate. They've obtained significant loans over the the last couple of years. And it just looks like they are not in a financially healthy position at the moment. You'd really have to feel for these these couples and these families because anyone who's fortunate enough to buy a house in Ireland, you kind of feel like when you put down that deposit and when you sign the contract, that's when you can kind of breathe again. How can something like this happen? Is there any comeback or protection for these families at all? I think that's what everyone's kind of confused about. I, I know Tanish and Michal Martin even raised it in the doll and, and he said, you know, these people have signed contracts, surely they have legal entitlements and, and they should be protected. But in this case, because Minamatic has gone into receivership and because it appears that the money isn't there to have this estate completed, people just don't really know at the moment. I, I know some of the purchasers have been trying to get legal advice and they, they seem to not be getting any concrete answers as, as to what is their rights in this situation. And I think it's a really unique situation. I don't think there's many developments out there where the purchasers had entered into contracts and were subsequently being asked for an extra 60 grand to get the works completed. So at the moment, I think everyone's just a bit in the dark about how much that contract actually means in terms of protecting them in this case. With the way that the market has gone, Are there any fears that this might become a trend with new builds or with developers? Well, interestingly, I also was contacted on uh, recently there about from another purchaser who had bought a house in an estate in the Midlands that was being built by a completely different developer. And it seems that like this also kind of happened in this estate where costs were underestimated and some of the people were being asked for extra money, but I don't think it actually transpired in the end. And as I understand it, the development is, is still getting underway. So I suppose that's just two examples of this happening that I'm aware of. But I, I, in, in all my time reporting on the housing crisis and housing issues in Ireland, it's not something I've ever come across. And my colleague Mark Keenan wrote a piece about this and he was saying it's not really, he doesn't expect that this is going to 
become a major issue. And I think like the majority of developers seem to be in quite healthy positions at the moment. But it is concerning. And I'm sure people who are also waiting for houses to be built in other estates and maybe faced with delays at the moment will be nervously watching on and, and have concerns. But I, I don't think it's a, a general reflection of the market at the moment, no. And I know that you've spent so much time talking to the families involved in this situation, in this estate. To go back to them, has the the kind of limbo that they've been put into and the wait has that been too much for for anybody do we know of any couples who've actually just decided they have to walk away and pull out of this this completely yes so I spoke to two couples who have pulled out of the sale but I think one of the couples I spoke to had informed me the matic in August that they weren't going through with the sale anymore they had waited more than two years they were living with um, they're, they're one of the girl's parents and they, they just felt like they couldn't wait anymore. They had put getting married on hold. They had put starting a family on hold. And even though they informed me the Matic that they weren't going through with the sale, they hadn't heard anything back at that stage. So they paid a €5,000 booking deposit to the estate agent. They obviously paid their 10% deposit for the house itself. And the last time I spoke to them, they hadn't heard anything from me, the Matic, in terms of getting their deposit back. So I think for, for some people, they, they just don't want this kind of hanging over them anymore. And while some of them are being optimistic and holding out hope that, you know, something will happen and, and these these houses can get over the line, other people are just tired of having their lives on hold and this has really kind of put a lot of things on the back burner for them. So Kira Ryan, like a lot of people in your early 30s, being able to get on the property ladder by your first home uh, was a dream and obviously a difficult enough dream in Ireland at the moment. But a few years ago, you felt like that dream was about to come true. Can you take us back to when you first uh, put the deposit down for your family home? So in November 2020, we noticed myself and my, my partner at the time, we noticed um, that there was a development being built in our local area. So we're from the area of Rathmaline. So when we saw this, we thought we, we couldn't have got it any better. Um, so we expressed our interest with the agent that was looking after it, D&G. And in December 2020, we placed a booking deposit and then we signed contracts in July 2021. It, it was just a dream come true for us. We, we got a beautiful house, we hoped, in our local area. You know, it, it kind of did feel too good to be true at, at one time, but but we stuck with it. And you mentioned there that you lived in the local area. So you must have been able to see when the houses started to be built on the site. You know, you must have been able to keep an eye on how that was happening. That must have been exciting. It, it was it was so exciting. And it was, we were so lucky and it was in such a probably a unique situation where we went for a walk nearly every second day to see what was happening in, in the site. So we could see it from the road, we could see foundations coming through, we could see the block work starting you know, the day the windows went in, wow, that was a, a whole other type of excitement <laughs> that I wasn't used to. So, you know, we really had a, a good line of sight as to how things were progressing and it certainly added to the excitement for us, yeah. So deposit paid, contract signed, the houses are starting to take shape. They look beautiful. They look like anybody's kind of dream home. Yeah. When did you start to realise that something was going wrong. It's so hard to pinpoint and and I've uh, I've kind of gone back as as far as I can but you know we had a really good feeling in 2021 you know we were all just start, starting to emerge from covid we'd had a couple of site visits and um, we were told you know kind of Q3 2022 Q2 or Q2 Q3 2022 it was kind of around early 2022 when we were asking about 
what was happening next and sort of the the information was kind of becoming quite staggered it was becoming conflicted you know and we, we could see that things were kind of slowed down between one end of the site let's say so there's 16 houses so sort of the first one to eight houses we could see were quite advanced but then sort of the latter end of the estate wasn't so we kind of thought oh I wonder what's happening there and um, so I would say it's kind of Q2 2022, we, we had thought maybe something was starting to look amiss. And then you got uh, some correspondence with some really shocking news in it. Tell us about that. As early as I say it was December 2022, we got a letter from me, the Mattox, basically saying, um, we appreciate your patience. There's been a lot of things happening. You know, they referenced socioeconomic factors. They, re- re- they said the rising cost of interest rates and so on and so on. But in that letter, it said, we will have you in your house by March 2023. OK, so when, when we got that news, we thought, OK, look, it's not what we wanted. It's a bit longer than we, we had planned. But look, we have it here in black and white. We'll be in in March. March comes along. And as far as I can see, our house is standing there ready to go, if if you will. And um, we've had a couple of we've had a couple of site visits. You know, we kind of pushed again in, in June. We got to this stage to say, look, what's happening? You know, we just want to get into our house. We're renting. Please give us some information. Again, very staggered information, very with, sort of withheld information. But I, I do have an email from from June saying that our house will be ready by the end of June. Houses one to eight. And it's from uh, one of the builders on the site. Uh, your house will be ready by the end of June, at the start of June. And we said, right, great. And so we went and we got flooring measured and all of that kind of good stuff. And June comes, silence, no mention of snagging. So we we chased it again in July, got another email um, to say what was happening, that there was just some delays, but stick with it. You know, at this point, our patience was wearing so thin and, and when we kind of said, look, it's it's not good enough, to which the response was, um, if you're not happy to wait, you can have your deposit back, you know. That must have been a big red flag for you. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely was. It kind of set us very much on edge. At this point, we had reached out to a couple of other purchasers in the estate um, that we, you know, we managed to get in touch with one another and, and have a chat on and off. And they had been receiving that same sort of staggered information that, you know, all of us together kind of thought, God, this is a bit worrying. We kept pressing to ask what was happening. And then in September, we got a letter from the developers, Medematics Limited, to say that they were in a, a significant financial challenge, I suppose is the way you'd put it. Um, and mm-hmm. they invited us to come and meet with them uh, in September to discuss uh, coming to a, a resolution. And that's when you found out that you were being asked to pay, I think, an extra €60,000? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we got this letter on a, on the Thursday, say, um, to our solicitors and the following Tuesday, we were invited up to meet with, with their solicitors and one of the developers. I suppose I can only describe that meeting as incredibly distressing. You know, myself and my husband went into that meeting with the support of our solicitor, thank God, because without him, I, I, I don't know how we would have been blindsided anymore. Um, we're just normal people wanting to get into our homes. We've saved our money. We, you know, we, we just, we thought we were going to be at a different stage. So when we went into that meeting, um, we were more or less told the money's gone. There was no apology. There was no recognition of failing. There was no acknowledgement to the distress that this is causing us. And, you know, we, we attended that meeting. We're not naive. We had a fair idea of what we were going to be asked you know, our solicitor guided us and said, this is probably what's going to happen. They may potentially ask for more money. 
And we had a discussion, myself and my husband, we were prepared to be reasonable and say, look, let's let's just have a negotiation and see what they have to say. There was no negotiation. It was a demand. It was not an ask. Um, you know, like I said, there was there was no empathy to, to what we were feeling. You know, I raised a couple of questions about sort of the, the previous construction delays that were that, that had impacted the, the, the development. I asked a question about, you know, where do you expect us to get this type of money? And we were told casually, quite flippantly, you can just go back to your lender. You know, it was just so completely out of touch for, for the, the current economic climate, if you will. So, yeah, that's where that was left. You know, we, we kind of responded and said, well, we don't have it. And they said, well, neither do we. So I, I raised another question, at which point I was told not to be rude. Yeah, I suppose I can only describe it as one of the most distressing things I've ever went through in my entire life. It's not an episode of Suits where we went in to hammer down a deal. And Kira, like you're in your early 30s. I'm conscious that you're kind of at a stage of life where people make a lot of plans, you know, whether it's kind of family planning or career. Like, I, I'm just kind of wondering what the last three years have been like for you in terms of putting things on hold. For myself and my husband, absolutely, it's impacted everything that we have right now, be it our relationships, our employment, you know, our day-to-day living. It's just compounded by the stress. And whilst it was so lovely to have the estate quite local to us, that we could see the progress in the early stages of this, right now it's a dagger to the heart every time you drive through our local village to go down and buy a litre of milk in our local shop because we can see what should be our home sitting there, you know, getting damp, gathering dust, you know, is it just going to go derelict? We don't know. It's it's just, yeah, it's it's been really, really difficult. Kira, my heart absolutely goes out to you. Thank you so much for talking to us. I really, really hope this gets sorted for all of you because, you know, you're kind of at that stage of life, you think you can breathe a sigh of relief once you have the deposit together and once you get the house. So I'm just so sorry for everything that you've gone through. Yeah, absolutely. And I really appreciate the time you've given us to discuss this this topic, because right now this is so emotive for so many people in this country. As we know, we're at the highest rates of homelessness that there's ever been. Um, it's, it, it signifies that it may potentially only get worse. In this small village, there is a solution down there for 16 families to step into their home and start their journey and give up maybe 16 rentals, whatever it might be for new families who want to start this phase of their journey. So it really is something that could potentially affect everyone on a socioeconomic level as well. But personally, we just want to get into our homes and thank you for giving us this time to, to tell our story. My thanks to Amy Malloy and earlier to Kira Ryan. I'm Ellen Coyne and today's episode of The Indo Daily was produced by Dee Reddy, researched by Dave Hanrity, with sound by Stephen O'Brien. Archive clips from RTE and The Irish Independent. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in mon Europe the end of Chacht Erachor. Agasuligam a Makan Gurfeder e Chor in Uig Kjart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche nach Vetok Ara Igornamion on Kestin Echo. Vientalem Aginam Griv Orkar Nrachtum. Yatakshetarin Griven Orkarstan, Elistuha Lagaskim in a Fracht, Gora Kligsar Dukashin Echer. Only Venown, Thardar Oxygen. 
Vinmarov. Shachten. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms.